0: Oh God, pour out your Spirit in our lives. Put a fire within us to be open to see the areas in our life that are not in alignment in the way you want them to be, to discover the habits that are not helpful for, for us or anyone else, and do not bring glory to you, and to replace those habits with the right habits as we talk today about the theme of reforming our habits. We pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. We're a series um, called Reforming Always, and Always Reforming. And last week, the theme was about reforming our priorities. And today, we're going to dig a little deeper, because you know, last week, you laid out your priorities, and, and if you're, you're a follower of Jesus, most likely your highest priority is what? Your relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And so the question I have for today is, is your habits in alignment with that? There's a um, verse from Colossians 3.17. We heard a little bit ago, it says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And with that, this question, what are the habits I have in my life? What are our habits? And my guess is we have good habits and we have bad habits. You know, have laid out a some words before, and I want to lay them out again as far as thought, action, habit, character. When you think about something over and over again, eventually the tendency is you're going to what? You're going to do it. You're going to, it's going to lead to action. Action that becomes ingrained in your life forms a habit. And a habit that becomes ingrained ultimately will shape your character. And so if we want to change our habits, we have to change the way that we think. We have to think about the right things. We have to also think about what our habits are. We need to be aware of our situation, to be honest with ourselves. And today my prayer is that we can be honest with ourselves and and take a deep look inside to truly evaluate the habits that we have. You know, as a congregation, we exist and our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus, and so Jesus is our example. And so what I did this last week is I, I took some time to really evaluate the habits that Jesus had while he walked on this planet. And as I read scripture and thought and prayed, there's seven habits that, that um, came to mind that I want to talk about today. In fact, I want to encourage you to write these down. I know there's not a lot of room on your bulletin, but maybe you can find some open white space there. And, and write these seven habits, because I think they're very important for our lives, and for us to think about beyond this message for today. And the first habit of Jesus is prayer. You think about his life, you read about him in the Gospels, and quite often, what do you do? He would go off by himself, he would pray, sometimes for hours on end, one section of Scripture from Matthew 6 I'd like to read to you, and it says, "And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth: they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. And he goes into the Lord's Prayer. And so we see this example that Jesus, you know, number one, um, prayer is important to him. And the disciples ask, how do we pray? So we see the example there, but also he gives us an example prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And so since he was in this habit of prayer, what should our habit be? How is our prayer life? And I find it interesting that Jesus being God, he's praying to God the Father. Why does God pray to God? Because even though he was God, he was also what? Human, just like any of us. He was in the habit of prayer, talking to his Father. Are we in that habit of prayer on a daily basis in a regular way? The second habit, teaching, or being in the Word. In John 1.14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the One, and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, Jesus was the embodiment and is the embodiment of the Word of God. You know, Martin um, Luther made this incredible statement about explaining the Trinity. God is the speaker. Jesus is the word. And the Holy Spirit brings the word to us. And what that tells me is that God's intention is that his word is placed inside of us. That his word becomes our word. That his word shapes our life, our action, our habits. Jesus Completely knew the word. Even at the age of twelve, he knew more than the, the um teacher of the law when he was in the temple. And we see time and time again how he was devoted to teaching the word to others for three years, twenty-four-seven to his disciples. And sometimes in very creative ways, you know, through parables and, and through demonstration. But also as he talked with them, he would ask questions, and involve them in the conversation. An amazing teacher. Now for most of us maybe we don't feel comfortable in the realm of teaching but we should be in the word and the more that we're in the word and the more that that word becomes a part of our life we will find we can't contain ourselves. We want to share that word. We want to teach that word. You know we have you know, Bible studies almost every day of the week. If you go on our website or if you go on the app or pick up a copy of the Faith Development Quarterly that we have in the stand the standout there in our Um Why don't we have all these Bible studies? Because we want to encourage you to be in the Word of God. Because if we're not in the Word of God, the Word is going to fill us as the words of this world. And they don't have the answers. God has the answers. Jesus was in the Word. He taught the Word. That was his habit. Is that a habit that we have in our lives? Thirdly, worship. He was in a habit of worship. Matthew 4.10. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We see even as he's tempted, he's stating the importance of worshiping God on a regular basis. We also see from John chapter 4, verse 24, where he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. We're called upon to be in worship like we are right now, but to be worshiping God all week long. And Jesus was in that habit. You know, I read an article that the average ch- Christian church member in our country worships 1.2 times a month. I would not call that a habit. Now think about, you know, I shared this with you before, growing up in my family, um, every week we were in worship. And even when we went camping, we'd go way up into Canada and somehow my dad would find a worship service somewhere that we would attend. He got us into that habit. And eventually it got ingrained. It's a good habit. Jesus was in the habit of worship. Are we in the habit of worship? Not just like we are on a Sunday morning but even worshiping in our hearts all week long. The third or the fourth, serving. Matthew 20:28. 20, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And I find this amazing, that the God of the universe comes in human form to this planet, all power, all might, all authority, and he's the ultimate servant. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And you see it throughout his earthly ministry. Sometimes in groups of people, sometimes individual people. He would serve anybody, children, you know cast from society, prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, he served. And ultimately, his journey took him to a cross where he became the ultimate servant, where he gave his life for our sins. And because of that service, we have eternal life. Jesus was in the habit of serving. Are we in the habit of serving? And my question to you is on a daily basis, we have all these incredible opportunities to serve, but our lives get so busy. In fact, for those of you reading through the one-year Bible study that a lot of you are going through, this last week, the Good Samaritan was one of the stories. You think about that story of, of this guy that gets beat up and left for dead on the side of the road, and he's still alive, but barely, and a priest and a Levite, the church leaders go by. They don't even help. But who helps? A Samaritan, one who is despised by the Jewish people. He came and helped this man who most likely was a, a Jewish person, and, and he didn't care that he was a different nationality or belief. He put this guy on his donkey. He took him to an inn, and I know he probably had a lot of things he needed to be doing, but he focused on that stranger, and he saw to it that he was cared for and, and helped at that inn. And when he finally had to leave, he told the innkeeper, you know what, I'm going to come back in a little bit. If there's additional costs, I will cover that. Love and compassion for a complete stranger. And Jesus is the ultimate good Samaritan. Jesus was in the habit of serving. Are we in the habit of serving in our lives? The fifth one, fellowship, partnership. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Now something I want to make perfectly clear. That Jesus is God... He has no favorites. We're all his favorite. He loves every one of us. But Jesus as human, okay, and his human existence, he had a core of friends. Okay, first of all, he had the 12 disciples. But even within the 12 disciples, there were three he was closer to than the rest. Who were they? Peter, James, and John. He spent more time with them on a deeper basis than the other nine. He also had other people that were part of that ministry, some of them women that he associated with. He had an inner core of people to help him. We're in a church spread out over seven different worship services with 1,400 people. There's no way you get to know everybody. But I pray that within this context, this group of people, you have certain individuals who you can turn to to help you in his journey through life, people you are close to, I've referred before to the concepts of Paul, Barnabas, and Timothys. The Pauls in our lives are those that we look up to, those that are spiritually further along than we are, and people that help us to attain to a higher level in our faith journey. Mentors, and I pray that every one of us has people like that, at least two. And then there's Barnabases, and the Barnabases are those that are on the same level as us, and I have some of them in my life, too, that just, you know, they're very blunt and honest with me. If I do something stupid, they'll call me out on it. And they're strong Christians, and there's been times that they've helped me to make sure I didn't stray in my journey through my life. In fact, one of them, I was at our 40th um, high school anniversary was yesterday back in Minnesota, and sent me back a bunch of pictures of what was happening up there, and it's brought back a lot of memories of 40 years, actually almost 50 years with this particular friend who's been with me, we're friends this day. Encourage each other on our spiritual journey. The Barnabas isn't as a Timothy's. Those that we are like a Paul to. Those that we're helping to bring up in their faith. We're mentoring them. We're, we're guiding them in their journey. And I pray we have at least two in each of those categories. The Paul's, the is a Timothy's. Jesus did it. He was in a habit of having those friendships. So that fellowship. Are we in that same situation in our lives? A couple more to go. Six, he was generous. Luke 6.38, give and will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, it's interesting if you look into the words of Jesus, the red letter words. He talks more about this topic than any other topic. I want you to think for a moment why. I'll get back to it in a second. I want to read the next one from Luke 21 first. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. And so here's Jesus teaching his disciples. Say, you know, watch these people. Look at all those rich people. They're, they're putting things in, but it's a small portion of what they have. But this poor widow, she put in everything that she had. She trusted me completely. You know, why does Jesus talk so much about money? Because he's aware that we as human beings are going to have a tendency to have false gods. And one of the biggest false gods in this world Is money. And for those who worship money, their lives are miserable. It's going to disappoint you. Money comes, money goes. If you want to enjoy money or the things of this life the way they're supposed to be enjoyed, you need to put Jesus first. He says, Seek first my kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You put Jesus first, and everything else falls into place. Yeah, we need money to survive. But we should not worship money. And we should realize we've been blessed with the, th- the things we have in life to be generous and to serve, as Jesus showed that example in his life. And one more, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus calls for our treasure to be with him. And talking about generosity, he gave everything. He gave his life on the cross for our sins. There can be no greater act of generosity. Jesus was in the habit of generosity. Are we in that same habit? There's one more to go. Follow the will of his father. He followed the will of his father. In Matthew twenty six thirty nine, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. If you read that section of scripture, he says it twice. You read the Lord's Prayer. The prayer he taught us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was in the habit of following the will of his Father. Years ago, maybe some people still have these, those wristbands, WWJD. What would Jesus do? I think even a better way to phrase that is, what would Jesus have me do in this situation? in that situation. As we go through life, what, would, what is God's word? What's the Spirit directing me to do or to say? To follow the will of God, to be in that habit as Jesus was in that habit. Now these are our seven pretty incredible habits. And the question is, how are we doing in following, living by those habits? My guess is for most of us, to some degree those are there. But most likely there's other things as well. So I brought with me today a couple things. First of all, I brought this cross. It's carved and it says what? Can you see what it says? It says Jesus, okay? And I brought this piece of wood. Now, let's pretend this represents Jesus. This represents us, okay? And so if we are to become this, what needs to happen? Everything that does not represent Jesus needs to be What? cut out it's got to be removed and most likely for a lot of us there's a lot of stuff that needs to be removed from our lives if we're honest with ourselves you know yet last night um in our saturday evening service at five o'clock a good friend of mine and one of our worship leaders randy was um leading a worship he shared a testimony and I was listening to talk about how 20 years ago he finally found sobriety and got out of jail for the second time in his life and he had a life filled with drugs and selling drugs and a lot of bad habits. He'd be the first to admit that. And I saw him change. And I saw the church I was at embrace him and, and he went on to become a drug counselor and helping people be free from addiction. He's helped hundreds of people. And six years ago, you know, my nephew Nick... Uh, my sister's son from Iowa, he was a meth addict. My sister called me up. I know some of you heard his story. Some of you maybe remember Nick. And, and, and she um, calls up and she says, I don't know what to do. His, his life is spiraling out of control with his addiction to methamphetamines. I said, so put him on a plane. Get him out here. I want to get him into Randy's program. And I remember at the airport it took three hours until he finally came out he wanted. He wanted to wait. He thought I was going to leave because he wanted to try to make a break for it. But I waited three hours. He finally came out. I took him to Randy's, um, you know, crossroad facility, and and um, for a year and a half he went through treatment. He got straightened out. And I just think about how God works, and through Randy, and now through Nick, and just he just had a. He and his wife had a baby recently. He got married a little over like a year and a half ago, and. And he's just on fire for God. He's got a great job. And, and all that garbage that was in his life got cut out. And all the garbage that garbage in his life got cut out. And here's my guess. There's garbage in our lives that need to be cut out too. There's habits, hang-ups we have that are damaging ourselves. They're damaging those around us. And... It's so important that we need to be brutally honest with ourselves. And we need to have the people around us that can point things out to us, that can help us even see our blind spots. And we need to use our minds, but so often our minds, we rationalize our behavior. And it's important, we need to use our minds to be in tune to God's word, to make sure our thinking is matching up to the way that God's word is, to think scripturally. And the more that we do that, we're going to see these habits that are not the right ones. And one by one, with God's help, they're removed. And the more that our, we'll be shaped into the image of Jesus, and the more our lives are going to be, you know, a lot better, and make more sense, and the more we're going to be a blessing to others and make a difference in this world because what I see in God's word is he not only wants to save us and bring us to heaven, he wants to have a much better life now. And so often what's holding us back is the wrong types of habits. And so my friends, as we come to a close, I want to encourage us to keep thinking about Jesus' habits. And I want us to compare our habits to his. And I want us to be open to change, reforming. Sometimes that's hard because maybe there's habits we're so used to, they're so bad for us, but we're so used to them. And, but I tell you what, with God's help and the help of those around us, we can make the changes. And I've got to be honest with you, we can't do it alone. You know, my life, there's been numerous times I needed help from others. And I thank God for the people he put in my life to help me get through those challenging times. And I know he's got the same type of people that he can put in your life at the right time, but to be honest, and my prayer is that we reform our habits and let God's spirit lead us and guide us in this process. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, As we take a look into your word, we see your habits. And then we take a look at the disciples who followed you, and they had the same habits. And we look at people like even Martin Luther. He had the same habits. Habits of prayer, teaching, worship, service, fellowship, generosity, and following your will. Lord, help those habits to become deeper entrenched into our lives. And help us to get rid of those habits which we know are not the right ones. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This time the offering will be received. If you please sign the registers in your rows at this time as well.